Hello there, I'm Patrick Stroh. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today, I'm joined by Christy McFall, Business Development Director of Great Range Capital. Based in Mission Woods, Kansas, Great Range Capital brings a unique combination of institutional-grade experience and Midwestern values to middle market and lower middle market firms in the heartland. Christine, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, now, before we get into Great Range Capital, which we'll, we'll short to GRC, why don't you tell us about you? What got you to this point in your career? Yeah, so I've always done business development and marketing. And prior to the firm, I was at a company called UBM. And it's based out of London. You won't find that name anymore because over the last three years, it was bought and sold um, three times. I think it, it went from UBM to Informa to a company called MJH Associates. My role was when I was hired was to grow the company through M&A. And I was able to do that. I bought a couple of data firms and a few media companies to round out my portfolio. But in the process, they were buying and selling my group in the, in, at the same time. So although I uh, learned a lot and enjoyed the process, I wanted to uh, stop being on the receiving end of the acquisition and be on the buying side. Um, I really enjoy the process and I enjoy um, you know, meeting new people. And, and that's one of the, the biggest benefits of the role that I have is getting out into the marketplace and meeting business owners and, and influencers and, and deal brokers. And I like that a lot. I, I don't necessarily love the integration part of being bought and sold where you're trying to figure out a new process, procedure, email capabilities, um, integrating your finances into a new business. So um, more of the operation side. I like being on the business development side. Lots of ironing out the wrinkles. Uh, yeah. GRC has a real pride uh, where they're strong in the heartland and the region. Uh, briefly, though, for you personally, are you originally from the Kansas area? I'm originally from Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. As a Californian would say, uh, same thing. But, yeah, uh, so, close enough. So your, your, your travels have brought you around. Now, now you're here in Kansas. Yeah. So tell us about Great Range Capital. We've been around for 10 years. Okay. It was founded by uh, two gentlemen, Ryan Sprott and Paul Maxwell. They grew up in Kansas. Uh, they went to KU. They're brothers-in-law, so they've known each other since they were teenagers. And after they graduated, they both went to the East Coast to learn the business inside and out. Worked for major firms, you know, did the, the billion-dollar deals. Um, but, but along the way, they always knew in the back of their mind that they wanted to come back to the Midwest and felt strongly that the Midwest was underserved from a private equity standpoint as well. Yeah, a lot of people fly in, but not a lot of people actually live in, and work right here with the companies yeah. that are based here. Huge competitive advantage. Very much so. And, and it's really where we win. So our, our thesis is similar to others. Um, we're looking at lower middle market companies, 3 to $15 million in EBITDA. Um, manufacturing is our sweet spot, but we'll look at pretty much um, any company that doesn't play in oil and gas or has some cyclicality to it. But the difference is we can sit down at a table and have that connection and that chemistry that a lot of folks who fly in for the day cannot have. We are, we drive there. You know, we only really look at businesses in the Midwest. So mm -hmm. typically the seven states that touch Kansas and then we'll go outside those, those seven states, but they have to be in the Midwest for the portfolio company. 
add-on opportunities, we may look outside of that uh, geography, but really tightly looking at the Midwest. We drive there, we're there in a day, we didn't fly in on our private jets, uh, we, we are raising our families here, we understand the emotional decision that this is for an owner rather than just a financial, listen, if it's just a financial decision, meaning I want the highest multiple for my business, mm-hmm. we're probably not the partner. Yeah. If you are looking, um, we want owner-operated businesses that are healthy and strong. Um, those folks usually stay involved, uh, at least for a time period, and roll some equity in alongside of us to help grow the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and we understand that that business is important to them. Their families usually work there. Lots of the people in the town work there. It's a very big employer usually. So we're, we are comfortable having conversations about how to maintain that business. We aren't coming into... Uh, put in 10 new executives, sweep out the the management um, team and and start anew. That isn't our, we aren't operators. We don't want to run the business. We want them to run their business. Yeah. We might bring in somebody who can grow it from a strategic level, either a CFO or a CEO, some board members, but we don't want to, we don't want to run the business. We want them to do what they do best. Um, so it's a chemistry um, conversation and, and it takes years, um, long time to earn the people's trust, but that's our differentiator. We truly are we understand where they're coming from. We can speak their language. You guys have a commitment to the lower middle market, middle market as a market segment. Okay. Is that out of choice or are you restricted just because that's all that's there in the Midwest? No, absolute choice. There, there are so many businesses, valuable businesses here in the Midwest. We choose to focus on the lower middle market, middle market range um, for a few reasons. Obviously, um, you know, we like to say that we can drive to your business within a day. We don't fly in from the East Coast. We're here. In addition to Ryan and Paul being from KU, everyone else in the firm is from Kansas except for me. So they really went out on a limb hiring, hiring an Iowa girl. Um, but we all, we all are from here. We grew up here. We've all spent time either in Chicago, Milwaukee, Minnesota, or Minneapolis, sorry, and East Coast. I was in LA myself. Um, And we've all come back here to raise our families and focus on the businesses. So when we sit across the table from a business owner, you know, when we talk about shared values, we can say that honestly and mean it. We're we're a firm based in the Midwest. We drove to visit you today. You are are listening to and talking to folks that understand the value of your your business. Uh, We understand the, the value of the employment here to the town. Um, to the folks that work here. And and we understand that this is a, a, mostly an emotional decision and not just a financial decision. And we find that that sets us apart. Um, you know, the businesses that we target are, you know, within the three to $15 million of EBITDA range. We we believe, you know, most of these folks are, are owner operators that want to stay involved or, or help the business grow in some way. Maybe they just want to slow down and, and let somebody else come in and help them um, continue to grow that business. But it, it's an emotional decision, and and we focus on that size and that type of owner-operated um, business where we can sit down and have those relationship-driven conversations. That's where we win, and and that that size seems to be the most effective. We're also um, wanting to be a majority owner first in um, on capital raise, and so that seems to be the size where that's that's really a, a typical arrangement. You said a couple things that stood out to me and it, it's the, the the power of having focus in a particular market and and enjoying that market that you're in it. one of them was the personal aspect that you're you've got boots on the ground and it it supports a, a philosophy that i share is that mergers and acquisitions are not 
the combination of company A buying company B. It is one group of people choosing to work and combine forces with another group of people. And when you put those together in an ideal situation, the intent is that the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And so if people get together, cultures mix, interests mix and, and align, it all works. And that's usually the, the remedy for success. And so there are others out there, and I'm sure you've come across this, where there are other competitors that are probably offering a lot more money than what you'd be offering, but you just don't have the fit. And that's one thing that's just critical you can't, you can't overlook. I think the other thing is uh, essential is that the lower middle market is a lot bigger than people think it is. And the cry and shame out there, and the reason why we wanted to talk to you today and uh, introduce GRC out there was that the lower middle market is large, but it's really underserved. And mm-hmm. I mean underserved in a big way, because if you don't have in-house corp dev, or you haven't gone through a lot of transactions, and you're a founder, you don't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. And by default, they're going to pick the brand names, large institutions, and, and go in that direction to, to seek help. And you know they're going to find out that they're going to be overlooked because of their size. They're going to be underserved. They're going to probably have somebody who's condescending to them. Mm-hmm. And the large institutions, while they're very large, they don't have the bandwidth to handle a lot of the solutions or deliver alternative to a smaller uh, uh, client. And so the, the, the lower middle market company ends up getting some prepackaged solution. And so they're not only overlooked and underserved, they exit poorer, I'll put it politely, not as rich as they would otherwise if they partnered with a, a firm like GRC. So give us an example just of, of one of your deals where you guys added value, where that connection worked. I mean, it's hard to pick just one. Uh, I'll highlight two. You know, all six of our portfolio companies are based in the Midwest. They were all owner-operated and relationship-driven deals. Mountain Valley, Springwater based in in Hot Springs, Arkansas, was owned by the J.B. Hunt family, all relationship-driven. Met with them still to this day. We, you know, we we just sold that company, I guess, a year and a half ago. Still connected to that group. Still send them opportunities when we see, you know, add-ons for them. Um, that might look good. Fairbank Equipment in Wichita, Kansas is owned by the Ray family. Cody Ray is the president and CEO. He's uh, been with that business for 20 years plus. He's the grandson of the founder. And I think he eats Thanksgiving dinner with the with our two founders as well. I mean, these have become family members of ours. Talking about what we're looking for from a owner-operator relationship you know, it takes it takes a few courses. You know, a, a few of these folks are looking to slow down. Well, they say they're looking to slow down. They really do. Uh, they they say they'd like to retire or or slow down over the next three years. And and the fact is, once we get in there and the business starts to grow, uh, half the time they're reinvigorated in the business and and spend more time. So apologies to their families who they told that they were finally going to go to that lake house or that beach house in Florida and slow down because that's rarely the case. Usually it it invigorates them to, to get back in the game and, and, and somehow find the energy to keep going, which is impressive. And that's the case with, with most of our businesses. What they're really looking to do is maybe take that second bite of the apple. And that's really what we offer you know, from our perspective. I think you mentioned exiting poorer than when you started or not as rich as, when you, as you'd hoped you'd be. 
Um, our whole goal is to take a successful business that has a great strong management team that is um, looking for some sort of succession plan if it's taking equity out of the business now, slowing down, like I mentioned, or just growing that business to the next level because they can't. You know, they're very honest about that. And, and that's one of the things that I find appealing from these businesses in the Midwest is you get, you find somebody who's certainly talented, took an idea and grew a successful company. But when they can say, I just don't know how to get it to the next level and I need some help. Those are, the, those are the types of relationships we're looking for. And that's really when, when we can bring some value in, aside from just the capital, we can bring in a next level CEO or CFO or, or strategy person that can grow that business. And then three, four years, five, five down the line, when we sell that business again, which we have, um, Mountain Valley Spring Water and, and Heartland Landscaping, we've sold again. And those owners get a, another uh, you know, bite of that apple. They get another opportunity to financially benefit from the growth of their company. Um, and that's truly what it's all about. We are not, um, you know, we're not flying in for the day. We are here. <laughs> we live here. We drove to, to visit you. We want to see you successful. We want to see your business grow. We all benefit from that. And it seems to be a win-win all the way around. We are, we are connected to these folks. We, we deeply understand their business. And I would say that over the last you know, six weeks as we have, we have turned inward as a, as a community and as a business, we have focused um, solely on, on keeping that business healthy and the employees there healthy and, and how to see, see everyone through this time. I'm not on the, um, you know, quote unquote, investment team side. I'm on the business development side. So while they have really, really uh, turned inward to focus on those companies, um, I have, I have strengthened my relationships of looking to network and grow our deal flow. And um, people are, are hungry for interaction and, and talking. So it's been an interesting time on both sides of the coin there. With the number of deals that are going on with you, uh, I'm curious as to what experience you guys have had with a product called Rep and Warranty Insurance, whether or not that's impacted you as it has. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rep and Warranty is an insurance policy that ensures the seller's representation. So in the event the seller reps are inaccurate or breached, despite the due diligence of the buyer and the buyer suffers financially, rather than the buyer pulling funds from an escrow or trying to carve back uh, money from the seller, instead they have an insurance policy that will pay the buyer uh, their loss. Buyer gets certainty of collection. Seller gets a no escrow or a very tiny escrow and they get a clean exit from the deal. And so I'm just, it's, it's been a, a, uh, a very exciting growing product uh, uh, throughout m largely on the, on the mega deals. I'm just curious uh, what experience you've had. Yeah, absolutely. I had a chance to talk to Ryan and Paul about this as well. And we've used it on our last two sales. We feel strongly that it's a great product. The cost is much more reasonable than it has been, uh, you know, 10, 10, maybe 15 years ago. So we expect to use it much more uh, going forward. And we think the usage in general across private equity and M&A is going to just continue to increase. So we're excited about it. It's a really good product, uh, cost-effective, and, and makes a whole lot of sense for us. Now, as we record this, we're getting near the end, hopefully uh, the beginning of the phase of the reopening of America from COVID-19. Could you give us your best guess as to, or, or what trends you see either uh, globally uh, in the U.S. or with GRC 
uh, for M&A in the next six months to follow? Sure. So I think there's a couple of things. I think um, the biggest impact I see on is truly on deal terms, specifically due diligence issues and the time it's going to take to get a deal done. Um, and let's and and by no means were these deals ever quick. <laughs> they take quite a few, quite a few years, uh, day, you know, weeks, months. Uh, but I, I think that's going to continue to take quite a bit of time as as new modeling um, has to be done and and things that we've never considered in the past. Um, are taken into consideration. So that's going to have an impact. I think that the way these transactions are developed and negotiated are going to change. Um, This is a business where getting everybody in the room literally has been a a big part of the process. Uh, And I've spoken about it today. The relationship-driven aspect of our business is sitting across the table from somebody and making a connection. So, So that's we're going to have to do that different. That looks different. It's technology. It's how you and I are, are talking today. Um, you know, the, the Zoom, the WebEx, um, the virtual meetings, you know, not shaking hands when we can meet in person. There's just going to be some changes that, that people will have to embrace. And so that looks different. From a great range perspective, um, we have a very focused investment thesis that we have followed for 10 years. You know, we, we don't forget our roots. We don't forget that thesis, even if something looks really great, but it happens to be based in California. It's just not a part of our, our investment approach. So we've been lucky in deal flow and continuing to see nice deals. We have based all, all of our um, time in networking and relationship-driven, not only from a deal perspective on a, uh, with the owners, but also with influencers and brokers. So we're still seeing those opportunities because we're honest and straightforward and we'll tell you right away, this is for us, this isn't for us. We won't beat around the bush. So we've been lucky to see deal flow continue. You know, and I and I think that that's because we have a, a tightly held thesis. You know, we're only in those seven states. We only uh, invest in the Midwest. We're only looking at companies that are healthy, owner-operated. Um, the size, three to fifteen million in EBITDA. You know, those things are are pretty tight, and and we've we've held true to that. So uh, we continue to see some deals. So for us, it's been it's been okay. You know, we're continuing to look at a few businesses we had under LOI prior to going into COVID-19 and um, we hope to continue with those businesses and close those deals, um, you know, within the next 90 days. So I think it, it depends. I think there's um, some larger private equity groups, global groups where deal flow has come to a halt. People have backed out of some deals um, that were, you know, newsworthy, if you will. Um, but we're chugging right along in the Midwest and, and we hope to continue to, deploy capital. There's money to to invest and we have it and we would like to continue to see those good deals. I think that discipline, you know, plan your work, work your plan has uh, served you guys well. And so you're not immune from the environment out here, but no. you're, you're definitely protected against that. That would make you just a strong, vigorous, active and, and a, a solid partner for owners and founders out there. Absolutely. You know, we we didn't invest in distressed businesses before, and that isn't where we're headed now. Um, the industries we we like to look at are, you know, manufacturing and distribution and business services and healthcare services. Uh, those those have been impacted certainly, but hopefully will you know rebound and 
stay strong typically usually do so so that sets us up for for a nice um uh, hopefully a nice future well i don't think there's going to be any shrinking in manufacturing in terms of new ventures and if there's any place for manufacturing it's going to be in the middle of the country just cost wise absolutely uh, you know so i i think that 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 bodes very very well christy how can our listeners find you well, they can reach me a number of ways. So they could go to our website, which is greatrangecapital.com, or they can email me at christy.mcfall at greatrangecapital.com. And my name is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E dot McFall, M-C-F as in Frank, A-L-L, at greatrangecapital.com. Or the easiest way is probably my cell phone, which I don't mind giving out. I'm in new business, so I expect phone calls and, and I answer them even if I don't know where the number's coming from, which is strange. 913-952-3037. So if you can't find Christy, that is your fault. That's, it's, it's that simple. Christy, thanks very much. I recommend everybody take a look at Great Range Capital and thank you again. Thank you.